How long did things continue to go well? Till that night. <laughs> Day one. Day one. Night one. Welcome to Stand Up Pedal Action. Welcome, everyone, to Stand Up Pedal Action. Today in studio, I'm excited. Got some great friends here. Uh, Jamie and Rachel, who uh, are coworkers of mine and have become a pretty big part of my life with uh, the spiking community that we have in, in the hospital. You're both nurses. You're both really into adventure. And we've had some great ones, some together and some waving at each other as we ride by. <laughs> Uh, I look forward to a lot more and excited to hear today more specifically about a adventure you went on last summer on the Colorado Trail before yeah. we get into that. Yeah, before we get into that. Um, well, and uh, maybe more of us part of an intro just to say that, yeah, here at Supa, we are all about all kinds of adventures. Sometimes the ones that you think you can tackle and sometimes the ones where you don't quite know what you're getting into. And while we do interview a lot of pros on the show and other people who have a ton of experience with big, gnarly rides, well, not everybody always starts out with that kind of preparation, if I'm not mistaken. Fact. <laughs> 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 well, so, thank you. Yeah. Thank you both for being here. Absolutely. And, yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. it's, it's an honor. Uh, yeah, before we dive too much into that, that story, uh, I'd love to hear some of the background, you know, where you come from and how you got into the medical world. Um, so how about Rachel? Let's, let's start with you. Um, grew up in Hobbs, New Mexico, um, moved to Colorado Springs actually after I graduated high school, uh, started with a degree in biology, was thinking I would go into medical school, kind of wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Started working as a CNA and got into the ICU and worked as a tech there for about four years. Um, and then my husband got a job out in Maryland, so we moved out there, and I did organ and tissue recovery there, worked through nursing school, and then eventually came back okay, wait a minute. through to the ER and for, then to the ICU. For those of us who don't know. <laughs> that was a whirlwind. Yeah. For those of us who don't know, uh, is organ and tissue recovery what it sounds like? Yeah, so I did um, the actual surgical recovery um, of bone, skin, heart, veins, eyes from deceased donors. And while your patients are already dead, that sounds like it's probably higher pressure than you think because there's a lot of time pressure to get things done very quickly in that environment, right? Yeah, you're up against some time constraints because you have you have to be within 24 hours for graft mm -hmm. viability and um, getting things shipped to our processors in time and, and everything. It was a very interesting job, but uh, I prefer the ICU. I, li I like the living okay. <laughs> a little more. Good. How how does one get that gig, by the way? Is that they're just like handing it out and they're like, you, uh, go recover some stuff. <laughs> um, it's all on the job training. It's um, really... It does you a lot of places don't necessarily require a lot of um, like experience in the field because they do on the job training they do prefer like some sort of medical background or like EMT PCT um, or just like a like a biology or like life science degree mm -hmm. to understand the anatomy portion of things better but a lot of it's on the job training so. I'm still curious though. Did you like put your hand up for that one? You're like, yeah, I want to try that. Or yeah, was that no, when they I, handed uh, to you? Yeah, it was kind of like in a weird spot of like trying to figure out what to do, like 
while I was trying to get into nursing school and um, just I was like cast a wide net. I was applying to REI, Walmart, all sorts yeah. of random places. <laughs> and then it just popped up on like a job search. And I was like, oh, that could be interesting. And got a callback for an interview and pursued it. And it was a pretty good gig for like three and a half years. So, yeah. All right. That is a first for Supa. We've <laughs> yes. not had organ harvesting here yeah. on the show before. Met some cool people. Definitely still keep in contact with them. Obviously, if you'd go through some intense things together, you make pretty lasting uh, friendships. So, mm -hmm. other than my nurse friends, those are my next closest people that I have. So, wow. All right. <laughs> Did. Did biking come along somewhere in there? Has that always been a, a passion? Uh, yeah, I you know I really didn't start being active until I was in my twenties, um, and then we when we were moved lived when we lived in Maryland, I started road biking because my husband got into it, um, and kind of got more and more into road biking out there. And then we started dabbling with a little like trail riding while we were out there, and then it just grew from there once we moved back. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely right. a good stress reliever. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, Jamie, how about, uh, how about your background? Uh, let's see. I grew up in Oklahoma. Um, and initially I wanted to, I played basketball in college and wanted to be a coach, um, eventually. And my dad is like, nope, you don't want to do that kind of steered me. He was retired military, so kind of steered me into that. And I was kind of interested in it. And um, we ended up, I had to choose what I wanted to do. And the choices at the time were either be a medic or a mechanic. And so I remember watching, I had a crush on Dana Delaney um, <laughs> from China Beach. And I was like, oh, I think I want to get in the medical field. So ended up picking, <laughs> picking to be a medic. So went to medic school and that's what kind of got me into nursing. So, um, and yeah. You, you also yeah, did big, big, big life choices. Big life choices, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Who, who Thank you got you, a crush Dana. on? Yeah. Thank you, Dana. One, two, that was uh, yeah. Yeah, how I got into medicine for sure. Uh, you also spent some time in the army. I was, yeah. As so a medic. I was a medic and then um, went to nursing school and um, was in the reserves in Oklahoma and then would come to Colorado to ski and really liked it here. Um, liked kind of that outdoor lifestyle and ended up um, choosing to come on active duty. And I put Fort Carson as my choice and I got it. So that's how I ended up out here common story in yeah, this town it seems like sure. many many people end up here for that very reason yeah and i did not want to leave didn't want to go back to oklahoma it's a great great place but this is more my speed for sure so yeah it's hard to argue with that mountain right yeah, at your doorstep. No, as soon as we came over raton pass i was like yep <laughs> this is where i need to be yeah and when did the cycling start for you mm, probably not till i remember i bought my first mountain bike and it didn't fit. And I went on a ride with some friends and it was terrible. Do you remember what that bike was? Um, God, it was from Bicycle Village. It was $400. It had wheels and pedals. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was about it. I mean, I don't know. I can't remember what trail they took me down. I don't think it was Captain Jack's, but it was terrible. I didn't, the bike didn't fit. I didn't know what I was doing. Fell off multiple times and then um, proceeded to put that bike away and got away from, from mountain biking completely and yeah. then started kind of road biking, road biking. I got into triathlons a little bit later and road biking 
felt better. Mm -hmm. And then kind of re-got into mountain biking when I met actually all you guys. So Mm. got a bike that fit. That's always a good start. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful bike. Yeah. I love that bike. (laughs) (laughs) What what is the bike now? It's a Yeti. Oh, okay. It's a great, great bike. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're you're both in nursing. That's how I met you. Mm Mm-hmm. Would love to hear a little bit about why, why you're nurses and why you continue Dana, to do so. Dana Delaney. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I, th- I think we covered this originally. Yeah, yeah, like, it, like, it doesn't uh, really go too much further than right. that, maybe. You guys don't even know who she is, probably. Do you? No, vaguely, you vaguely. You no, know. not really. Yeah, I think right. I looked it up after you initially told me the story, yeah. just so I had like a mental image. <laughs> Maybe Googling that right now. Yeah. That's all right. You don't have to. (laughs) No, I think for me, like doing the medic route in the military, um, I really did enjoy that. And um, I don't know, the nursing seemed like the the best route to follow at that time. So gave gave up the coaching idea and then went into nursing school. So you've stuck with it. Yeah. 28 years now. Uh, yeah, just, so so you got it worked in. We're we're breaking it in a little at this point. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just trying I to figure out. Okay. In. Yeah. So I what, still like it a little bit. <laughs> one of the questions I like to ask anybody who's on the show that has any connection to the medical space, especially mm-hmm. in the ED or ICU, mm-hmm. is you probably see a bike every now and then. Bikers coming through your work. Does that make you more or less hesitant to ride? Mm. Kind of both. Like it makes you more, I guess, like think about, you know, we have had people where they got caught like handlebars on like a bridge and turned back and they get like a femoral artery tear. So you're like, okay, anytime I'm on a bridge now, don't get too close to the (laughs) (laughs) So maybe like a little bit of like cautionary learning, but also I think with the nature of our job, like being able to go out and like live is huge. You know, I don't think we can do what we do without having that outlet yeah at least for us for our personalities yeah (laughs) it's yeah like it's um you know if that's how you go maybe it's not the worst thing yeah it's a little exactly i don't yeah i don't think it i think that could be me in the bed all the time Mm -hmm. usually whatever they're in there with i'm like yeah that could totally be me that should have been me at some point probably i've gotten lucky to not been probably seriously injured. Um, well, I mean, you broke your neck riding, so sort of. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Story time. Right. Uh, no, I hurt my neck initially playing rugby, mm. uh, kind of rugby football, um, and then I kind of have was able to manage it. Um, this like, is early so, collegiate kind of years, uh, or no. 2000. So when okay. I first moved, I got here in 96. So I played rugby from 1996 to about 2000. Wait, is this like pickup games in the park or were no, you at? Uh, no, club team. We okay, had a club, club team. team. Yeah. Uh, the She-Wolves. And then the Colorado Springs Koalas was the football team. <laughs> awesome. Oh, we played all of like six games. <laughs> but um, So I probably heard it then. Was this a uh, like scrum gone bad? Sort of. It was actually, it was more probably the football because in rugby, you don't have helmets. In football, right. they put helmets on us, and they had us do this drill where you kind of run through these cages, and then you pop up. 
Well, I popped up and there was part of the cage and I clipped the top of my head. And so, and then repeated hits in rugby, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But in rugby, you you learn how to tackle. So you don't lead with your head, you know. Right. Um, So I probably heard it initially then. And then I was able to do like steroids and cervical traction. And then I got hit on a bike path of all things. And wait, wait, um, wait. hit hit by, by a, what? Yeah, well, <laughs> or whom? A bike. Okay, another bike. So it was in I think it was an Aspen or Snowmass. There's an airport there right along the b- bike trail, and we were trying to get back to our condo really fast. And there was a couple that had pulled off the side on the bike path, and they were watching the planes or whatever. And she didn't pay attention. She just pulled out right in front of me. And so I just hit her pretty much head on, going fairly fast, flipped over my bike. Um, she was fine, thankfully. Um, my front wheel was was damaged. Um, and then I basically lost motor function in my right hand. Like I couldn't couldn't hold on to things. Is that uh, immediately or is that progressive? Kind of progressive. Like okay. I initially had a lot of pain and then I dropped, then I kept dropping things. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. So I went in and... Um, so basically, since I had lost motor function, they recommended surgery. So I had a cervical fusion. So as the least medically trained person at the table, yeah. what causes that when you have an incident and then over time realize you're beginning to lose function? Like well, what's happening there? I hadn't lost function before and I had been mm-hmm. able to manage it. And then this, you know, I would try, I was dropping wine glasses all the time and stuff. Oh, wow. so like looking at me like, what is going on? And I was like, mm-hmm. and then the hand just, mm-hmm. the strength went and I could have could have waited and not had the surgery but i couldn't like at work i couldn't twist iv bags on like i'd lost that motor function so i i had to do it yeah and i'd been babying that injury for about eight probably about eight eight or nine years so i felt kind of lucky yeah so i stopped i had stopped running um to try to give as much time as i could so back now back now yep good enough i'm a little stiff (laughs) stiff in the neck (laughs) all right so so like you say you might not have been fully thrown into the ICU with that, but you do know what it's like to be landed in a hospital bed from oh, something that totally. happened on a bike. I've, yep. Now, is that the worst injury you've sustained on two wheels? Uh, I almost ripped my ear off. <laughs> well, you had another you. That was with Josh. You had another... Oh, no. I can tell you that story. Okay. So that's a good story, actually. Also has to do with the Colorado Trail. It does have to do with the Colorado Trail. Perfectly. Um... We had done a week-long riding mm-hmm. um, trip with Josh and Cody and... Um, Jimmy? Jimmy. Yes. We'd done... We'd spent a week riding, and then it was the last day, and I remember Cody took off and did another trail. He had to get back to work, and then I rode um, down around Durango, um, Little Molass. Can't mm-hmm. remember what segment of that trail, but I went out, and I was by myself, and I was like, I'm going to ride easy. I'm not going to do anything crazy. I'm, there's no one with me. So I get about five miles into the trail and it's this little rocky kind of step down. And I was like, I'm just going to dab down that. Well, I didn't realize my front shock or my shock had gone out and I went to dab. And then you were talking about the handlebar to the to the femoral artery. It flipped and I took a handlebar straight to my crotch. Oh. <laughs> so the bike goes down the hill. I'm laying on the side of the trail and I'm like, I'm going to die. This is how it, this is how it's going to end. And it's just my crotch is on fire. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is it. And this is where I'm dying. And I'm looking around. It's a San Juan, so mm-hmm. it's beautiful. So I'm like, well, it's not a bad place to go, I guess. <laughs> it's not a great way yeah. to go, but like, not a bad no. place. Yeah. And then I get up 
well, I don't die. And so I have to get up. And <laughs> How long I, did you wait around to not die? Probably well, till the burning stopped. Okay. Yeah. So maybe a couple minutes. And then I was like, <laughs> all right, well, this isn't it. Got to get up. And then I pulled down my shorts just to see kind of what was going on. And my chamois was full of blood. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, that's not good. Um, and then I was like, all right, got to get back. And I was about six miles into the trail. And I went to pick my bike up. And I had broken my rear, der- rear derailleur. I was like, oh, great. Okay, fine. I have everything I need in there. And then I start tinkering around with stuff. And I'm like, I really don't know how to do what I'm about to do. Like, I have all the stuff. But I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And then, like, Bob and John from Denver magically appear down the trail. One of them's a bike mechanic. And um, they were able to hook up my bike to where I could do, like, one gear to get mm-hmm. back. And so I got back to the truck and... um tried to look and see what the damage was and it was still on fire like i couldn't sit down on my crotch crutch or i couldn't sit down on my seat because my crotch still hurt but um i basically tried to take a mirror and look mm-hmm. and see what's going on like and i had two pretty big cuts down either side of my labia oh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i was like all right i gotta get that fixed so i drive back home um and then i go see one of our docs the next day and <laughs> that's a funny story in itself you have to have a visual for that but okay. she basically was able to super glue the cuts which sounds kind of crazy but um yeah oh most traumatic the most traumatic yeah. was yeah was and that the, was that the worst part the next day when you're like hey uh, yeah, i got a thing i gotta talk to I you got about a thing but this this physician has i don't know i've had saddle sores i've had lots of issues with riding that's probably my biggest complaint it's not my neck it's you know the crotch care, I guess we have to do all the, all the lumps and bumps. That, that, the real talk. The real yeah, talk. The real yeah. talk here. yeah. Real biking. Um, so I, she's seen my crotch more than my OBGYN, really. And she's like one of our trauma surgeons. So I'm in the stirrups. The, the funny part of the story really is I'm in the stirrups and she's down in between my legs where, you know, <laughs> where she has to be kind of assessing yeah. the situation. And then one of her, uh, Carolyn worked I had worked with Carolyn as a nurse. Um, she was in the office with them. And Dr. Willard's like looking. She she does this like tilts her head like, the, you know, like a picture's crooked on the wall when she's looking at me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what's, God, is it that bad? What's going on? And, and she's looking and she's like, Carolyn, come here. And this is, I'm, I'm all exposed in the stirrups. And Carolyn looks at me and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just get down there and see what's going on because I can't tell what's happening. And and she was asking her like how to which, how to super glue basically which way it looked best. And I was like, oh, doesn't really matter. But yeah, so a little dermabond to the crotch and I'm good as new. It looks great, by the way. Dr. Willard did a great job. She got me all hooked up again. So but that was the worst injury probably. All right, there yeah, we go. Aside from the neck thing, but. Wow. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit more traumatic than the ear. Yeah. Yeah. The ear didn't come. How did you almost take your ear off? Well, I tried to follow Kevin and Josh up this feature and, and you up. up. Yeah. That's the, yeah. This doesn't go up. This is 180 okay. pounds. It does not go up very uh-huh. quickly. So yeah. Well, quick isn't always important. Yeah. Well, all of it. I didn't okay. have all of it, but of course I thought I was awesome. Right. And I tried to ride up this and I end up making it halfway up. I don't know what angle that was, Josh. Anyway, it was it was a steep angle. Okay, it was a steep angle. Steep and angle. I thought I could stand up and power over. Mm-hmm. Nope. I stood up and fell back Ooh. into a tree, um, and then it just caught under my helmet and just ripped this ear, my left ear a little <clears> bit. <throat> yeah, 
<laughs> so you right. hurt, as we've Burp, discussed. Broke yeah. my broke my saddle. Um, but yeah, no surgery needed. That one was fine. So. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> my goodness. Well, that yeah. was, yeah. No, that's amazing. <laughs> well, for, for all the jokes that are made in cycling about dudes and ways to damage your crotch, yeah. I did not think that the most traumatic crotch injury story we were going to have on the show so far <laughs> yeah. would be from a woman. Yeah, it was. Let me tell you, that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, bar ends, people. They're yes, important. That's they all are. I'm going to say. They're important. Right. <laughs> And don't dab down something, write it, just write it. That's what, yeah. it, that was the moral of the story. I should have just written it because trying to be more careful was. So, so the lesson out of that whole story is send it. Send it. Always <laughs> send it. Honestly, I've, I, I think everyone here has probably had bike like, oh, yeah. injuries from not doing, just ride it. Just, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. fucking ride it. Don't get off. Just ride it. Yeah. Rachel can attest to that as well. Yep. Do you have a pretty good story about not quite sending it? Oh, probably a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like every cr- crash I've had has been like low speed, like just should have had a little more speed in it or, mm-hmm. you know, would have been able to control things better. Have you had any that you remember that are the opposite of that? Where suddenly you're in the air and you're like, yeah, that might not have been um, a good idea. No, well, I had one. It wasn't really, it wasn't like midair or anything. We were descending down Old Stage Road and we came around a corner. Um, May have been going a little bit fast because I like to go fast downhill. Uh, <laughs> uh, shoulder pretty soft, and there was a car coming, and they were taking up basically like the whole road. So kind of forced me into the shoulder more, and dug in. Luckily, it was nice soft dirt, so I basically just like laid down with my bike. Didn't get hurt or anything, but it was a little terrifying because then the car was like Ooh. very close. My husband's behind Ooh. me. Our friend Cody's with us, and we're like. They were like screaming at the car and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> Not quite realizing just maybe, how close the tires were. Yeah. I was maybe blissfully ignorant to how close I was to being seriously injured. So <laughs> was the bike okay? That's always yeah, the big question. Fine. Yeah. Okay, it was still yeah, a little tape that needed to be retaped. It's no mm, big deal. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did they tell you how close the car came yes, to your head? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Do we need mm. to like how far? Um... Like a foot, 18 inches, something yeah, like that. Yeah, All not, right, that's not too enough, close. Not enough to be comfortable with. No, not even close. <laughs> um, so, so that was lucky for sure. All right. Um, on the CT, what actually, I didn't actually get to finish the entire CT. I got off trail about 40 miles before the end. Okay. Because um, we were there near the end, there's a, well, descending, um, off Blackhawk Pass, there's a, like, you kind of cross over these, like, stream beds, and it's almost like a waterfall kind of thing, but I, there was one that was a little sketchy for me, my legs were tired, I was like, I'm just gonna, just kind of walk across uh-huh. that, take a break, get a drink, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of reset, and I went to go b- get back on my bike, and I was, like, leaning just a little bit of my weight on my right foot, which the downhill embankment was on the right <laughs> and I start feeling myself tipping with a 50 pound bike and I'm like no 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 yeah. no and I start trying to like overcorrect and can't do it and then I'm tumbling downhill with this heavy bike and you know thankfully everything was okay I didn't break anything I thought I broke my hand because it was like instantly swollen and like turning purple already I couldn't like squeeze my brake level lever I was like well well this is terrible um yeah and Jamie oh, just man. came to me, like, standing in this, like, like getting I come around a corner, <laughs> and she's like, 
she's just standing there kind of in shock. And I was like, oh, shit, what happened? And then I'm looking at her and I don't see anything except for that she's completely, I think you were yeah, I was like soaked. soaking wet. And I was like, oh, and then I looked down at the creek and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Mm. So I guess I've, I've had <clears throat> several close calls for sure. I did break a little radial head fracture riding on the road one time. And out east, there's a lot of like wooden ties for railroads. Yeah. And uh, I've learned the hard way that you hit those at a 90 degree angle, not at a 45 degree angle. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, a, that's the kind of lesson you only have to learn once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And that was not too, I didn't need like a cast or anything, but um, mm-hmm. I think those are maybe my most memorable injuries so far all right so we've touched on it a couple times now Mm -hmm. the ct so before we get to the story itself what is the background that either of you ladies have with big trip adventure cycling did you have any before you started into this uh i didn't really i mean i'd done like some century rides like on road Mm -hmm. but i hadn't done any like overnight bike packing yeah and i had just done a couple of bike packing trips just short uh, short little ones, but nothing to that extent. Okay. And so for those who don't know, what are the details? How long, how many days, how much vert, how far are you going? Um, depends on the person. (laughs) 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 Um, it's, I think it's about, it's a little under 500 miles. If you include all the bike detours and everything. Um, I think it's like 480 ish. I'd have to double check the give or take 50 miles. Yeah. yeah, give or take. It's Denver 50. to Durango. But yeah, we mm-hmm. you can travel Denver to Durango or Durango to Denver. There's the Colorado Trail Race, so some of the like top top most uh, insane fit people can do it in like four or five days. Somehow, I, that is completely un, like I can't imagine <laughs> doing that at all. Mm-hmm. But um, we decided. Well, it was Jamie's idea. She's like, I really want to do this. I think this would be cool. So like, let's look at what it takes. We both took off a couple weeks from work. Um, and the goal was to do it in 14 days. So, okay. so I'm always interested in how these kind of adventures start for people when it's the first time trying something this size. So Jamie, it's now been laid in your lap. Right. Where did um, you get this idea? Well, I wanted to do it. I've wanted to do it for a while and just never had anybody around me that, that would want to do it, that thought this was fun. My wife mm-hmm. would have been, I took her on those two backpacking, bikepacking trips. And that's another funny story. Uh, we're still together, so yeah, but she, there was no way she was like, I'll sag you, I'll support you, but I'm not doing that. And then, um, got to work with all these people that like to bike. And then I think mm. we were at work and I was like, Hey, do you want to do the Colorado trail? She's like, yeah. And game on. <laughs> like it was, from, it was perfect. from the start. From the we're start. Just going. Yeah. Just like, I don't really know what I'm getting myself into. She likes into. doing all the planning and, and yeah. the logistical stuff, I think. So I think it was a good, kind of a good fit with that. Yeah. Like, okay. So did Jimmy sandbag you into this ritual? Was it like, oh, it's a little ride. We'll go do a few days. Or did no, you know what you were getting I, into? I knew like the, I had looked at the Colorado Trail before because I was like, you mm-hmm. know, I knew people, I knew about the Colorado Trail race. Um, we had, I knew people that had like maybe attempted to do that. And then um, I knew that it was something that you could backpack if you had like a month or more to take off to do that. Yeah. Um, But so, yeah, I knew, I kind of knew like, overall what it was but i don't know that you really know what something like that is until you do it like the part that said you're gonna walk a lot 
I didn't listen to. I think I ignored that. Um, it is a, I think, what's the phrase? It's a hiking trail that some people try to ride or something. I don't know. There's some term that I kept hearing. And I was like, oh, it's whatever. It's a hiking trail that you can take You're your bike You're not in shape, on. obviously. Yeah. You can, you know. Right. Whatever. The internet's full of morons. You've it got is. this. I got yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Now, at the same time, Josh is also trying mm-hmm. to yeah. scrape together a Colorado trail ride. Was there any anticipation of this? Did you guys know that this was happening or? Kind of. Yeah, we kind of, so we, I mean, we started planning like November-ish for a July July ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he, Josh was also planning or starting to plan around the same time. And then we kind of compared uh, timelines and we were like, well, I don't think we'll be riding together. Yeah. <laughs> we, we wanted definitely a slower, We wanted more of a, a touring, a touring, touring enjoy the trail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not that Josh, you didn't enjoy it, but mm-hmm. you know. You probably got more enjoyment. That's different, different types of fun <laughs> yes. as we've discussed. Yeah. Okay. So maybe uh, we'll stop for a second and say, you just noted planning beginning in November for mm-hmm. a July departure. So what, for someone who's never done a trip like that, what happens during that time? What's got to be planned? What takes so long? Um, so we knew like, you know, we had finite time. We had two weeks to play with. Um, so starting with, um, I bought like all the maps, like she had a guidebook uh, and just like kind of sat down and like looked over the full route and planning out like what's realistic for us for a day. Like, mm-hmm. and then how do we do in 14 days, make it from Denver to Durango and what's the daily mileage? Can we build in like a zero day? Can we build in two zero days? You know, and then figuring out, start thinking about food. How are we going to pack food? What are we going to pack? How are we going to pack to sleep? What are we going to pack for all of this? Because we have a lot of backpacking gear. So a lot of this stuff can probably double up, but then, oh, I don't have bags for my bike. You know, a lot of things. A lot of money. A lot of money. money. (laughs) Yeah, also that. And also like, um, I think for me too, and I think both of us, there was like, I know some very basic bike mechanic things, but I was like, I want to learn how to fix all of the things that are going to put you out of commission, Mm -hmm. be able to fix it on trail if I need to. Um, So kind of learning those things and practicing doing those things like, oh, if my derailleur, if I need to replace my Mm -hmm. derailleur, like, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. Luckily, my husband's very handy and is able to teach me a lot of that stuff. (laughs) So, um, yeah. yeah. And then kind of paring down a packing list for what we should take or, yeah, lots of lots of things to think about. Okay, so what would you say, maybe from one or both of you, was the thing that you were most surprised by during the planning? And what is the thing, once you got on trail, that you really, really wish you had known ahead of time? The walking. <laughs> the pushing your 50-pound bike up. Like, if anyone wants to do this, this is my training plan. Just load your bike up. The lighter, the better. <laughs> Push it up bar trail and then ride down. That's your training for this trail. Like, seriously, you're going to push your bike more than you ride. Uh, okay. Well, not more. I don't even like, know. Mileage-wise, you definitely ride more. Time-wise, you probably spend close to 50% of the time hiking at least for yeah. someone that like we're i think we're pretty average uh fitness, fitness level yeah. um so like and uh, like if you kind of prepare yourself mentally for that of i'm gonna spend half my days walking hiking my bike yeah mm-hmm. so 
<laughs> yep. But beautiful scenery. It I mean, is beautiful. Great place to take your bike for a walk. It's amazing. And you're outside every day. You're not at work, so that was my yeah. mentality every day. Yeah, you were you were smiley the whole time. Thank God. Scott <laughs> and I had moments where we were just like, ah. All right. Yeah, and I think, yeah, just planning for it is like the f- amount of fitness, like, yeah, do some strength training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do some upper body training. <laughs> no, for sure. Like practice, because there was a couple days I remember looking up and I just... And Scott went with us as well. So mm-hmm. there's a third person on this trip. And I remember looking up and I see him. He's got his bike over his head. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I don't know if I can lift 50 pounds over my head right now. <laughs> so definitely the upper body strength with that. Yeah. Like it's not, you're not going to just get to ride your bike all the time. <laughs> no. I mean, you can. Some people can. It's just you don't want to burn the match. Like you can't afford that. Yeah. Really. Even if you could ride it unloaded. You don't want to expend the energy. At least we didn't. Mm-hmm. We don't. We, I was not at that level of fitness where I could do that. And mm-hmm. since it was a two week long process, did did you all talk about expectations for the trip before you started? Yeah. So, well, Jamie and I had been planning it, you know, for several months, and then about a month beforehand, <laughs> our friend Scott was like, "You know, I think it's really cool." I think I can do it with you guys. Would you be okay if I came along? And we were like, <laughs> if you think you can do it, sure. But like, you know, like this is our plan. This is how long we're going to take. Um, and we had maybe built in like an extra day or two at the end of mm-hmm. like, just in case we don't make it to Durango in time. <laughs> and we have a little bit of time to play with. Um, so, but he was able to get the same amount of time off. And we we talked about as much of the things as we thought we could do as far as setting expectations. Yeah. But yeah. Until you're doing something like that or you've done something like that. I don't know. There's just so many things that maybe you didn't think to talk about beforehand. Mm-hmm. So. Right. So, because a lot of people will do chunks of the Colorado Trail just mm-hmm. to get a sample. None of the three of you had tried that, correct? Nope. I had written, I had written to, to be fair, those two back uh, trips that I'd done before were part of the CT. Okay. All right. So you, had, so, like, you felt like you had a Creek. little sample. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Turned out that was just suckering you in. Kind of, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you wrote the fun parts. I okay. Did. I wrote the All fun right. parts. Yeah. All right. So paint the picture for us. You guys are at Waterton Canyon in Denver where all the bikes are loaded, ready to go. Is this a moment of excitement and euphoria or deep dread? Uh, I think the initial part was really exciting. And then, you know, the first few miles, you're just, you know, grinding out on a little gravel road. And then you start getting into this big, chunky rock and you're like, all right, we're doing this. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can turn around. Denver's right there. Right. You can still see it. No, we've no. come too far. <laughs> I think we're all. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're, I was definitely excited because I it was tired of the planning. I was tired of the writing. I just wanted to d- just mm-hmm. do it. Let's mm-hmm. finally. And it was kind of a relief to get started, I think, for me. Yeah. So. So. thing. How long did things continue to go well? Till that night. <laughs> <laughs> day one day one night one yeah uh, <laughs> we thought we were going to camp at one spot and we weren't able to and i think we were all well we decided we were feeling good so we we're like let's push it a little further oh, and then it was oh, like okay maybe a little more than we should have done and then yeah. we ended up uh maybe bandit camping on private land <laughs> yeah <laughs> because it was dark and we're sitting in the middle of the road eating dinner and we're like Okay. Yeah. What do we, do? <laughs> oh. we had started part of the gra- the first bike detour, and uh, yeah. So is uh, I, was, I I counted it as part of the adventure. Poor Scott yeah. felt 
terrible. He was like vomiting. Jamie uh, looks oh over no. and she's like, those are wasted one. calories, wait, man. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> okay, like on a big long adventure trip, somebody starts throwing up like day four or five, you can say, all right, you had some bad food, you got some bad water. Right. We're talking evening of day one. Yeah. And you're yeah. already a man down. What and, happened to him? Well, I wish he was here to speak to this. He just, he... God, yeah, he couldn't, couldn't keep things down. He couldn't ke- eat, right? Like, I don't yeah. know, like he... Like altitude was a little bit of it, mm-hmm. and then um, maybe some of the nerves. But yeah, he just he was not not so, having it. So we have ridden day. for like eight eight hours or whatever, and then we sit down, and then Scott is just like on his knees. <laughs> and as we're both, Rachel and I are both eating, and we're just like, hmm. all right, this is how I'll this have is some more stroganoff. This is going to be had, great. Uh, yeah. We had picked up a random friend. Oh, that's right, <laughs> Eugenio. Yeah, he uh, was left supposed to go to Spain. Because he goes to Spain every year, and then he, because of COVID, he couldn't get out of the country. So he decided, "Oh, I live in Breckenridge. I'll just go to the, do the Colorado Trail." Yeah, <laughs> just for fun. This dude, he's yeah. like on a rigid, uh, fat bike riding the CT. Oh my yeah. gosh! Us for the first like two days, so that was kind of fun. <laughs> All right then. And then but, he passed us. <laughs> yeah, and then he left. And then he was like, "Okay, these guys are crazy." Get yeah. All right, so so we've made it. <laughs> Out of a 14 day trip, we're mm-hmm. one day in. We already have someone throwing up on the side of the road, and we're illegally camping, having <laughs> left the plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How yeah. did day two start? <laughs> uh, yeah, day two was all like road detour or um, wilderness detour, the uh, Lost Creek wilderness detour. So just gravel road riding. It's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's probably the detours are the days that you actually rode your bike all yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was kind of um, nice. And it's pretty scenic. Yeah. Lots I don't remember much about day two. I don't remember um, if that was, I don't remember anything bad. Towards the, like, you go over, um, you're near Terriol, and we had a little, like, thunderstorm pop up, and that was a little terrifying to be, you know, there's no good place to be outside during a thunderstorm. No. So, nope. But we were kind of at the top, of, so just bombing downhill to try to get low as low as possible. And, and now, Josh, that was... A fun part of your CT experience Mm -hmm. was the rain. Yes. We were very well acquainted with the storms after three days of pretty continuous storming. Oh, yeah. The first three days. Because, Josh, you started, you guys started in Durango. We started in Denver. So, Mm -hmm. and this was the same time. Yes. Like you all were on the trail the same time, Mm -hmm. starting one end for you guys, for you ladies, and then the other end for you, Josh. I think you'd started a few days before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was fun knowing that at some point, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see these people. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for those who don't know the story, Josh's trip began with a biblical daily deluge that soaked literally every piece of gear you guys had and left everyone basically on the verge of trench foot because... <laughs> You're just in soaking, horrible shoes and gear 24-7. Oh, yes, yes. But that's a different story. <laughs> no, that's, that's for another time. <laughs> so we're going to contrast I that. I am not jealous of that. I mean, I'm not. That was, that's we, one of the most... We had the best weather. We honestly, we got super okay. lucky with all the weather. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're a couple days in. Mm-hmm. We've had got some road miles behind us. Scott's now keeping food down. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mornings were tough for him. He just yeah. like woke up like not feeling great most days. And I think... I mean, most of our campsites we were like at or above ten thousand feet. Yeah. So, I don't. The he just has trouble with altitude, unfortunately, which is some many of us do. It's totally fine. Morning, yeah. It's brushing my teeth, and you hear Scott. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I'm like, oh my no. god. 
he, we didn't I somehow know, he survived so on like starburst yeah. and uh like ramen like that was <laughs> it was great for us because we ate his food so <laughs> we got extra snacks yeah thanks scott yeah he lost, he, scott lost probably 25 pounds and, and rachel and i stayed the same we yeah. were, oh we, were we ate very well yeah <laughs> we thank you scott for your extra Snack food there. Sacrifice. yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, and one of the things that I think people might wonder, and you hit on this earlier, Rachel, the idea that, well, you have a lot of camping gear, but how much of it transfers over? Mm -hmm. So, for a couple days in, with just backpacking gear, how is that faring for the bike packing world? Uh, well, Jamie actually has a bike packing tent, so that worked out well for, it packs down small on the handlebars. And then, yeah, just like all of our... Like sleeping pads and bags. I think stuff we had it in dialed bags. in. I, I was yeah. very happy with our gear. There wouldn't have been anything I would yeah, have I don't traded. I think I would have changed okay. any of my we, gear. We kind of set our expectations for we're going to have plenty of food and we're going to sleep well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we definitely went with the extra weight on the sleeping pad and the sleeping bag. Um, yeah. So gear-wise, I, I wouldn't have changed, honestly, anything I'd Really? Took. Yeah, because no. we spent eight months planning and unpacking and packing. And we did a lot of, like, it and... test rides fully weighted. Mm -hmm. And, like, oh, let me move this here. Let me repack this to have my weight back here. You know, mm -hmm. kind of figuring out what felt best for climbing and also ripping down descents because, mm -hmm. you know. That's I was really impressed part. with the amount of time and energy you put into it and dialing <laughs> yeah. everything in. It was inspiring. I'm like, oh, wow, I should be doing that. That's good. Because well, I got to watch I got to watch Josh plan and it took about two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Lay out all the gear, shove it in a bag. I mean, that's definitely one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it continued to change during the yeah. you know, like, oh well that didn't work there. So I'm gonna yeah. So it was it was a process of no, refining. Like we would go load up and just go like rip down jacks and see yeah. how things felt and like oh that's not going to stay like that <laughs> yeah. figure out a different place to put that and i think our bikes what did josh what was your we were at about 50 pounds loaded yeah i was 50 maybe 51 oh wow okay okay so i, I thought you went a little that. lighter then yeah <laughs> i guess we're just that slow then so. <laughs> josh you're just a he's, beast yeah. yeah he spends a lot more time riding his bike though so <laughs> that's the only difference and calories you touched on food um had you like were you looking up online were you just trusting in backpacking knowledge from days of yore like how did you guys plan the menu um so we kind of each we planned each individual like our own food um i like to dehydrate meals for backpacking so like i had all of my own food dehydrated plus snacks and then like you know laying out food ahead of time of okay, each day I'm going to need, if we're going to be out for eight or nine hours, like mm -hmm. this is about how much I need for calories throughout the day. And then, you know, what, what I need for, for dinner for the night. So we all kind of just did our own planning yeah. for our individual selves on that. And I had done, I've done some triathlons before, longer distance stuff. And so I kind of knew like how many calories I should yeah. have per hour. So we divvied it up like that. All right. And so the longest trip I've done bike packing is four days fully unsupported and i couldn't have crammed like another bag of raisins in there <laughs> at all so you guys are talking about 14 days were you, did you have somebody sag wagoning or yeah, okay yeah. we had our longest stretch without support was the uh section between sergeants sergeant mesa section oh, bv yeah. and like um, bv and um silverton silverton yeah, yeah, yeah so like four days that for those who aren't familiar with the trail is the part where you're sneaking 
kind of down south around Gunnison through the middle of mm-hmm. absolute nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing down there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was the longest time that we had to pack for mm-hmm. like full time. And we were, yeah, packed to the gills yeah. on that. Um, but otherwise we had like, um, we had somebody meet us in Breck. We had somebody meet us in uh, like outside Leadville and, and then Buena Vista. Um, we had a lot of support from spouses and friends. So that yeah. was nice. We had a great, great tag crew. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. And... One of the things that, uh, again, people who don't know the trail might not understand, there's a lot of actual town that you run through, at least Mm -hmm. in the first part. So was there dehydrated, dehydrated, everyone eats a whole pizza kind (laughs) of night? We actually, yeah, we got um, day two on the detour day. We, uh, there's a little like gas station outside that. Like Terry before on. you hit uh, Kenosha Pass, it's like uh, amazing it's hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even remember what the store is called, but delicious hamburgers. So. Yeah, <laughs> we Do you know the name of that, Josh? We... Oh, it's like all right for the kids at home. We have no idea what the name <laughs> yeah. of the place is, but it's apparently like the it's the only, only one thing there. out there. So it's yeah. yeah, okay. I feel bad. I should know that. And then um, yeah, the next day after that, we were in Breck, so we got we got good food there too. So yeah, we. We ate, we well. ate well. We, there yeah. was no, that wasn't something we were going to compromise on. There was no, yeah. So yeah, bring all, bring all your dehydrated food. Bring credit card too. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, for sure. For we sure. had a rule: we would always stop for ice cream. Always stop at a bathroom, and then always stop for ice cream. <laughs> if it's an that, option. If that's an you option, always have to get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were some of the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome for this trip? Just the emotional part of not getting to ride my bike as much as I thought I was going to get to ride my bike. <laughs> yeah, 10 Mile Crest Day ten was the crest. most oh, yeah, challenging day mentally because you're just like, why are we pushing our bikes up, up, up to the top of this mountain pass? Yeah. <laughs> so where is where is this? How far in? Um, so that this was, was day, day three. Yes, day three. Yeah, because we were going in from, leaving from Breck to climb up over to Copper. So It was actually day four. Was four. it day four? It was day four. Oh. It was the shortest day, but like mileage wise, it was mm-hmm. only like a 13 mile day, but man, it whipped us. Yeah. I got, <laughs> I got altitude sickness that day. Yeah. And so uh, Scott and Rachel were up ahead and I was pushing and then I started feeling crappy. My heart rate was way too high. I, I could push my bike for about three steps and then I have to just lean over my bike. And I feel like it took me an hour, two hours just to get like two miles or something. It was something ridiculous. And I remember looking up at the clouds and the storms were coming in and we needed to be up and over. And I was like, if I get struck by lightning, I think I'm okay with that because then I can stop. <laughs> like, I was okay with that. So This seems to be a theme. This is the second time in the show that you've mentioned just sort of stopping on the trail and deciding yes. this might be the end. This, this might be the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice was, view. It was yeah. a nice view. But, oh, that was the worst day for me physically, I think, just because... And I knew I knew I needed to get down, but I couldn't go back down. So I get up there and Scott and uh, Rachel are up there just, you know, having a good old time. And I am I am just pissed. I'm grumpy. I don't feel good. And then I think I picked up a you rock. You picked up a rock and, and threw, threw it. That was really that far. happened several times at <laughs> the top of mountain passes <laughs> where she had no other way to divert her rage. So yeah. there were rocks just being thrown. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then she felt better. (laughs) Then I felt better. And then we rode down into Copper and we got in right before the storm. Like, I felt bad for you, Josh, really. We missed the rain every time. And then we're sitting (laughs) in this whatever restaurant there eating. And and Jamie was like, I refuse to sleep in a tent tonight. We were sleeping 
in a hotel. And yeah. I was like, eh, yeah. it's going to be expensive. Slapped and the... she just threw her credit card down. And we were like, okay, I'm not going to argue with it. Yeah. I, need, I, needed a a reset. And... I needed a reset. Totally. <laughs> now, a nice condo. There are other places you can stay at Copper when you are bikepacking. Right, right. Josh? Uh, yeah, the golf course is a nice spot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh-huh. so talk me through that. How did that work out for you? Oh, well, there was this nice flat green spot and it was, it was, I don't know, 10 PM, whatever. And we're like, it's great. Set up a tent here around two, three in the morning. We hear this. And and it was supposed to be a clear night. So we didn't put the rain fly on. We're like, let's look at the stars. (laughs) Yeah, we got just obliterated, soaked (laughs) everything. Everybody was so mad. Oh, that was a low point for sure. Yeah. I think we should ask you, how was your rain gear? Like, it sounds like you were very wet this whole trip. Like, There's not much not rain gear can have... do yeah. against a the, sprinkler head. Right. I basically just used the rain gear to cut the wind. and knew that I was going to be wet regardless. So the, the one solace was that I, I kept a dry bag with dry clothes like i I had what i was gonna sleep in that was dry and that stayed dry thankfully so until i got so until you didn't put your rain flat (laughs) and then and then we went back down to copper and you know they have a nice fire pit there so we're like oh it's it's not gonna be on at 3 a.m in the morning like what was i thinking so one of the lodges was open and we spent maybe two hours uh, drying out everything we could with a hand dryer. <laughs> nice. In the bathroom. <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. They got to be used to people coming through there like that. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, you look homeless, but you got a lot of nice stuff on your bike. So. <laughs> it is kind of like yeah. being homeless, really. You have to, you have to think like, like a homeless person You're sometimes. Like, I'm You're to like, be out here, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Homeless is more expensive than you think. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is. Um, I will say, I'll back up, day three, I think, was like one of the best days of riding we had because that was Kenosha Pass, Georgia Pass, yes. Descend into Breck. That was super that was, fun. Yes. That was just that was like, a good that, day. Was a, that was more of a just like fun day like yeah. that we had on our bikes, I would say. So one of the things that's the best about long term, like multiple day outdoor adventures is the point where you've been gone long enough that everything just kind of melts away mm. and you can't remember the life behind you and you're just alone with your thoughts and with your friends on your bike in the wilderness. How long did it take to hit that? I don't know if we were ever gone. Or did you ever get enough. there? Okay. Was there <laughs> too much know. suffering in bike felt, fishing? <laughs> no, I did feel that. And that's, I had this constant struggle. Like we were talking about this emotional wheel that you're on and it's like, yeah, but I'm out here riding my bike. Yeah, it kind of sucks. I'm pushing my bike, but I'm not at work. Mm-hmm. So, and it's simple. You just have to get from point A to point B. And it really is. It breaks everything down. And I I felt that kind of day one, but then, you know, it would get hard. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, I could be at home. Yeah. Yeah. It was still worth it. It was totally worth it. I was like, I mean, I feel like your body kind of gets used to it by like day like three or four of just like, okay, this is what we're doing now. My expectations shifted to when I realized I was going to be pushing my bike a lot. Mm-hmm. And I just had to accept that. <laughs> yep. A much more happy, accepting, mm. 
No, no. I'm still grumpy, accepting, kind of a little bit. We all have <laughs> like different ranges of emotions. Uh, no, so yeah. I've heard that there's ranges of emotions, but I've also heard that somebody on the trip, maybe at the table, was just smiling the, the whole damn, damn time. time. Yep. Yeah, it was apparently very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> How did you manage to stay incredibly smiling and happy even through? throwing up and bike pushing and rain and all this other stuff. <laughs> well, I never threw up, but yeah. <laughs> that probably helped. Um, no, I, I actually, I would I had a pretty kind of rough year before that, like a lot of like mental health, um, like work and self-work and kind of the training for this was like, okay, I'm not going to last out there if I find myself slipping into like a negative headspace. So like, mm-hmm. it was just, just like, honestly, our training rides, like the mental training of it was part of it. And then just every day of like trying to keep like a good outlook and like focusing on like I get the opportunity to be out here and like I am seeing stuff that a lot of other people are never going to see. And I'm doing this like by the will of my own body. And like, how cool is that? Like, that's amazing. Like, I have the ability to do this. I am fortunate enough to have the time off work and the means to come and do something like this. So like, I just tried to like stay in that headspace every day. I know it sounds a little. (laughs) No, (laughs) it works for you. Uh, Totally. uh, Like, yeah, no, I mean. It was great. And then like there were definitely, you know, you go through kind of waves, you know, throughout a day, any long event that you do or like, or a long day of anything, you're going to have kind of low lows and highs throughout the day. But overall it was still just like, wow, like this is amazing. Like we're out here doing this and I get to be with my friends and like, this is really cool. And, uh, but yeah, I remember there were a couple times of like one of the passes we got up to the top and I'm sitting there eating my snack and Jamie and some Scott song. come up. I don't know. You were happy like, as fuck. And Scott and, and they're like, read the mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, this wind is terrible. I'm like, no, this is great. Like, look. It was <laughs> such a windy day. And we, I kept my bike. I felt like I was going to get blown off the the trail mm-hmm. and trying to keep it on trail and the wind was just coming straight in my face and i'm like just cussing at the wind like a dog scream you know chases a vacuum cleaner i felt like a complete <laughs> idiot but you could hear scott screaming me screaming rachel's singing her little song yeah you definitely were the the most stable i think in your mood until i tumbled down the little well, the water that, feature yeah that was sad i lost mm. it <laughs> But anyways, but yeah. Yeah. So what happened with that? You said 40 miles from the end. So many, many days mm-hmm. into the trip, everybody's had their rhythm, everybody's had their adventure. And then there you are standing soaking wet in the woods. Not sure if you just broke your hand. What was the decision like? And how did that work through to decide like, am I going to finish or am I going to pull out? Um. So we were pretty, like we only had like, I think maybe 10 miles left for the day or something. Um, and then we were going to camp and then that way we had, we were rested for the final descent into Durango cause it's a pretty, it's a fun descent pretty, for anyone who hasn't pretty done big, it. uh, like mm-hmm. downhill day. So, um, anyways, but we were not too far from where we we're going to be camping for the night and there was a road, uh, Bolum pass road. I think we were fairly close to there coming down Blackhawk pass, had that little tumble. And I was like, well, I'm going to try to ride see if I can ride. Cause the bike's still functioning. Like bike's good. Um, and I just, I could not put any weight on my right hand and right hand not working means no rear brake, which is not good for yep. a lot of downhill. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and like, I was just, I was trying to push through, but like, I was, we kind of got to a point and we were like by this road, my husband had actually gotten to the area that day 
we had cell phone service. I mean, we carried in reach either way, but that well, that was the funny part of that story, like, though. Yeah. We get no, you the all one time we actually up. needed help. We're like, oh, we have cell phone service. Yeah, yeah. Cool. they're trying to figure out how to do the in reach, and I just call Zeb on the phone. We spent like, all yeah, the money I don't on think that I can ride right now. So yeah, um, so yeah, so I was like, I just. Um, I didn't want to also get hurt worse or mm-hmm. get into a worse spot where then I'm a liability for Scott and Jamie, you know, and I was like, and we had talked about this as far as expectations prior to the trip of if one of us gets hurt, you know, we'll kind of like, I'm okay with you guys finishing. If it's, if you're able to finish and I'm able to get off trail safely, that kind of thing. If it's a group safety issue, then we need to maybe have a different discussion, but um, there was no reason that they couldn't finish out the ride. So yeah. I said, what snacks would you like? <laughs> Give up any of my extra snacks. Mm. And that's how Scott got addicted to Flaming Hot Cheetos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, husband was able to come pick me up and we went back to Durango, went to urgent care, got a little uh, hand x-ray, which nothing was broken, but it's pretty swollen. Had some emergency Percocet in the pack, so I was feeling pretty good. I almost convinced myself I should just stay and ride with the Percocet. And mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie was like, no. <laughs> Not medically advisable activities. Well, all that downhill the next day, which is yeah. sad because that's what you like the most. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we all like that the most, I think, probably. But you so, really... Yeah. And it's like, well, the trail's not going anywhere. I can yeah. always come back and do that last little bit. I've done this much doing. of it that, yeah. you know... In my mind, I still feel like I did the CT. You did the whole thing. Absolutely. So I did all the work for it for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Having a trip like that under your belt, what would you say you came away from it? Was there anything that you really learned about yourself, about life, about cycling um, that you came away that was like one big sort of lesson out of the trip? I don't know. You can do hard things, I guess. I mean, that's the, like you can do a lot more than you give yourself credit for. I actually listened to David Goggins' um, Can't Hurt Me. That was my audio book for the... Oh, it's a good choice. It was a perfect choice. <laughs> like, and that's, we have a nickname. It's Boat Team 2. And if anybody's read that book, that's kind of what he talks about is basically you have a lot more in the tank. Um, and really, I think the big thing is the mental game. Like, we were physically prepared. It's just getting your head in the right headspace for, okay, I'm going to push my bike. And that's fine. And it's a beautiful, you know, it's beautiful... And this is how it is. And it's not that hard. So I think that would be the biggest thing is you can do way more than you think you can do. Yeah. yeah and I think like stuff like this is cool because it's you like redefine what's hard mm-hmm. and like, you know, yeah, because, oh, wow, look at what I did. Well, we did that. That's cool. Yeah. What else can I do? So. <laughs> yeah. So what else can you do? Is there anything on the list for either of you yet? Rachel, you want to do the Continental Divide Trail? Let's do it. Okay. I actually started looking at maps like Did you? after we got back from CT. I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a year now. I'm ready to do something, but something I else. I also want to do this next year. I'm hoping to do an ultra running. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Trail running. So part of my training for that, I want to do the wilderness sections. You can't bike. I want to run those. Nice. Yeah. Fast, fast hike, maybe. No, and that's, it's funny because that's something that we often hear. Josh, you would say as well on the show, people that they do one th- crazy thing. And instead of coming home and saying never again, <laughs> it's oh, when wait. can I go? I said never again. Scott and I both oh. said never again. How long did that last? 
Well, until now. Now oh, okay. I'm I think to do it. Scott <laughs> was still a... Uh, no, I've done it. That's a good... Yeah. I wouldn't do... I would do that trail again, but I would I would sh- probably hike it because it is a hiking trail. <laughs> backpack it. Not yeah. backpack it. <laughs> or shuttle it. I think if people wanted to do that, they sh- you, you can absolutely sh- kind of shuttle it, shuttle mm-hmm. portions of it um, to get the full enjoyment. Of it, you don't have to carry all your stuff on your bike. I think you could stage it to where you could, if you had somebody to do that with you. Um, and I know people have done that before. So I mean, there is something to being said having done it this way. Uh, would I do it again this way? Probably not. I would either back backpack it or shuttle it. Yeah, for sure. Is those sections that are great for riding are some of the uh, best riding in the world? Totally. It's just so good. unbelievable. What what were your favorite sections? Day tw- day twelve, from, which is Spring Creek oh, to Silverton. Yeah, it was that... the hardest, longest, but the best day. <laughs> it was. It was mm. like all like above tree lines. So it was just like, and you're in the San Juans, just gorgeous. Um, yeah, hard hard day, but yeah, we were sunrise to sunset. <laughs> yeah, um, it was beautiful though. Yeah. That and then um, Cyril Pass and Kokomo Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just like a, you that could get fun. into a flow and oh, it was gorgeous. And then Georgia Pass was pretty fun to come yeah. down to. That was fun going up too, the other was direction. It? Yeah. Yeah. My Did it climbs. rain that day that you were above Treeline for, it was our day 12, but it would have been your day two or three? Three. Because you yeah. would have went Silverton to Spring Creek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our first few days were, were pretty short. <laughs> distance wise <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you had a lot of climbing a little demoralized but yeah we uh we hit some rain it was kind of just spitting at us in the morning and then uh we hit the high point without rain and then started kind of descending down towards uh spring creek and that uh that's when it started dumping dumping on us and heading that direction um the horizon just never changes <laughs> it's like this never ending slow rolling climb until you descend mm-hmm. and you go down quickly mm-hmm. but that was where the storm hit us and it was this crazy lightning and dumping hail and painful hard big rain ouch and that whole section it's just these planted baby head rocks yep <laughs> that mm-hmm. there's really no good line mm-hmm. you're just kind of pinballing mm-hmm. between them all and when we finally started heading down it uh it was super slick and we couldn't really see the trail that well and then we finally hit a road and we were just covered in mud. And it was, yeah, that was, that was a rough day. Isn't that the day that ended at a bath, backcountry bathroom for you? Yes. Uh, <laughs> for, for anybody who used the one pit toilet, Spring Creek, I apologize. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made it real muddy. <laughs> it's probably not the worst thing that's ever happened to that toilet. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> It was also cool to run into you. We did actually run into Josh. Yeah, where did trail. this happen? Like on Sergeant's Mesa. Mesa. Yeah. Sergeant's Mesa. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, how it did was. that? 
Was that expected? Did anybody know? Or was it just all of a sudden he came around a corner and it's like, wait, I know you. Yeah, I think we knew, like, because we knew what day you started. And I was like, hey, I think we're going to see Josh and his crew today. And we're like, oh, that'd be cool. But we didn't know, like, where. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So. That was that was just fun to be like, oh, we're out in the hey, middle of friend. the woods and <laughs> hey, we know this guy. <laughs> Have a snack, catch up. Yeah. Hey, good luck. <laughs> Hear a little bit about the story so far. Yeah. Just a brief window. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You all seem to be in a pretty good mood at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. We'd settle into the pain and the Yeah, Sergeant's Pleasure. Base was like one of the days that we had heard was going to be the worst and we did it and we were like, that wasn't. That wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm going sure. the other direction. Yeah, I'm sure it's the other, other direction would have been terrible, but the direction <laughs> we went, we didn't think it was bad. But there were some other guys. So there were people out there riding at the same time that were trying to do, uh, that were trying to race it to um, for the Colorado Trail race, like self-supported. I remember there was these guys from Idaho that were coming up behind us and they were like complaining like, oh, these big chunky rocks and they just like move <laughs> everywhere. And we're like, oh, we ride in the canyon all the time. This is fine. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Just like home. If you yeah. can ride in springs, you can ride anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were the go-to snacks? I mean, I heard Flaming Cheetos, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cheetos, limon. Uh, Ooh, nice no. little salty snack. Make you want to drink some water. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little. Those fig bars. Yeah. Those fig bars were pretty good. Oh, yeah. High calorie. I, I seem to remember, Josh, that you just had a bag of cashews and gummy bears. <laughs> no. Fritos. Fritos, Fritos and gummy bears. I did have Fritos at one point, too. Yeah. Yeah, that, that doesn't mean a bag of Fritos and a bag of gummy bears. That's a bag of Fritos and gummy bears. I can get behind that. The mix. The I sweet and salty. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect because you'll have a, a Frito mm-hmm. and then and then you'll grab a gummy and you're like, oh, it's a little salty on the outside now. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> Fritos also, little known fact, they're some of the most calorie dense chips or crackers or whatever you want to call them that you can get. Because all that oil. Fritos and Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's packed in there. And easy to eat. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there any food that you two will never touch again because you had too much of it? <laughs> I haven't actually bought another box of those fig bars. <laughs> <laughs> they were great, but uh, yeah. Nope. Burned that match. Yep. Yeah, totally. I, think I had a decent amount of variety. Oh. Yeah. But, I think we did get on the food. Part. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't get hungry. Thank, thanks to Scott and you know. his donations. Yep. Yes. For yeah. sure. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Scott. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. In absentia. Yep. What a, what a guy. Usually we do, we call best day, worst day. I feel like we've heard some pretty bad days. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, what were the best and worst moments on the trail? Um, 10 mile when I wanted to be struck yeah. by lightning. That was mm-hmm. definitely Jamie's and worst also day. And also, I think the day when Rachel got hurt and she couldn't go. That was go my off. worst moment. Yeah. It was all of our kind of <laughs> sad. I don't know. I mean, I really, like, the whole thing was really cool. I think probably, like, I don't know, gonna for now, for a long time, going to be the coolest thing I've ever done on my bike. Uh, the most impressive thing I've done. Um, a lot of good, good stuff. Yeah, it was super hard, um, but, you know. If it wasn't hard, everybody would do it and maybe it wouldn't be as special. So Yeah. And then de- definitely day 12 would be my favorite. Oh, yeah. It was like the longest interval day. You just push your bike up yeah. to 13,000 feet and then you ride it again. <laughs> you push your bike up, ride it Yeah, down. it was just so really pretty. pretty. Mm-hmm. We just kept... <laughs> I was Jamie, it's so fucking pretty. <laughs> I'm like, fuck this. But it's so fucking pretty. She's like, <laughs> like, like, I was angry, angry happy. Angry, happy, yeah. angry, happy, sad, hungry, tired, sore. Yeah. Oh. And then that descent into Silverton, though, hurt me. I think it knocked some of the screws and plates out of my neck. That, that road. road. That road is mm-hmm. rowdy. What is the name? I can't remember the name of that road. 
Stony Pass. Stony Pass, yeah. Appropriately named. Scott yeah. took off as he should have because it was the longest day. <laughs> yeah. And then we're just bouncing down that. And I was yeah. like, oh, I just want to walk down this. My neck hurts so bad. And I kept just like waiting. I was like, I got to make yeah. sure she makes the right turns. Yep, like, I can't exactly. lose Jamie. Was my, lose my goal for the whole time was yep. just to not lose Jamie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then I remember probably one of my happiest moments is seeing Zeb in that truck. We didn't have to finish that. Like, somehow we didn't have we to like ride. like a mile from where we were staying I know, for the night. just seeing him, I was like, I'm done. Because it was already almost dark. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then probably mm. the next day, I think, was the hard, one of the hardest, mentally hard days for me. Just because I, I really needed a recovery day that oh, day. Yeah. yeah, we took a zero day in Buena Vista and then would have liked another zero day yeah. in Silverton, but decided to keep pushing. Yeah, that was a hard day. I remember sitting down. You guys were fine. I don't even, I don't even think you knew I was in such a mental turmoil. Zeb gave me that bang. And that got me through like the first 10 miles. I drank this, this energy drink and I was like, hey, I feel great. I'm fine. And then I crashed and then I was like, I don't, I don't, they just want to ride. I just want to yeah. lay down. I think the creek baths were also a pretty good high. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Get naked and jump in a creek. Scott, Scott saw, saw more of me than he needed to. Yeah. Excellent. Any uh, mm -hmm. interesting encounters that you had out there besides on Sergeant's Mesa? <laughs> meeting these guys <laughs> um any wildlife a lot of cows man a lot of cows lots of cows lots of cows and lots of cows <laughs> yeah one of the nights right we camped over. were like basically in a cow pasture mm -hmm. <laughs> filtered water from cow pastures it just still uh, doesn't not take really the flavor do it, out no. a little barnyardy yeah <laughs> could taste, taste well, like i don't think we even saw other than cows like did we see any other no moose, no maybe some deer. I don't even remember. Yeah, I mean, we definitely yeah. saw deer, but I don't know about. I don't think we saw anything else more exciting. Yeah. Some dirty, smelly, angry hikers. I remember we saw like this random uh, or turkey. Oh, it was a, a turkey, turkey, like a wild turkey. Turkey, <laughs> turkey. I can believe chicken yeah. would have been interesting. Yeah, this <laughs> chicken. Yeah, yeah. free range mountain some chicken. Some bird. Yeah, yeah. my hiking chicken. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah, got off leash. Yeah, I don't think we had any weird. We met. Um, our friend that first four days, he was fun to ride with. Yeah. Eugenio? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Until he left you. Until he was like, I got to keep going. I think yeah. Yeah, there was a little. <laughs> so you had that incredible adventure. Was it, was it restorative? Did it put you in a better state going back to work? Definitely. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to come sure. back. No, I yeah. know. I wanted to stay out there once I settled into it. I was like, if it wasn't so hard, I would just ride back home. Well, yeah. and, and this is an interesting question. A lot of the people on the show probably can relate to this, but maybe others can't. In the middle of 2020, both working in healthcare, what would have been an incredibly hard year, why go push your bike up a mountain and swear at the wind mm -hmm. instead of sitting on a beach or just mm -hmm. going to a nice hotel? Or ordering some takeout. Trust me, I ask myself that, I'm sure, a few <laughs> times every day. It's like, why are you doing this? Um, I don't know. It was a great distraction from the start of COVID, I think, for all mm -hmm. of us. Like, it gave me something to focus on, not this at that time, not really knowing what that was going to entail. Yeah. It was right at the start of things. So, um, yeah, it was a good, a good break. And it had always, it was on my bucket list. So, I was... I was happy to get that checked off. So, 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think just like the mental break from like, I'm not hearing about COVID stories every Mm -hmm. day and like getting overwhelmed by news about what our case numbers are at and, you know, all the all the bad stuff that COVID COVID COVID, overwhelms you. Yeah, we got to go out and be in the woods and you're like, well, I mean, yeah, we're just out here by ourselves. So it's, you know, you are disconnected from the news and society quite a bit that I mean, we saw people like our people along the way, but it was nice to not be in that world for a little bit. Yeah. I would say it was definitely restorative mm-hmm. and kind of breaks everything back to just the simple get point A to point B, just get there. Mm-hmm. And like you had talked about earlier, everything just kind of kind of fades away. And really, that's all you have to do is get to your next stop that day. Yeah. So yeah, there's something. Any time in the mountains is always restorative for absolutely. me. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Well, there are always more stories to tell and more ridiculous things to touch on. But uh, Josh, anything else before we wrap up? Uh, well, it's just been such a fun time getting to, to know you both through the work and the cycling. And I look forward to a lot of adventures to come. And uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe that's CTD. Maybe I'll do it the other direction and see you halfway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. We, if, uh, if that's kind of divide trip happens, we may have to have you back in the show. See if we can uh, get another report. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's going to be a little bit longer, isn't it? Well, like that's thousands like, of miles. Not... Yeah, just a little bit longer. Yeah, just well, Canada, to, just Canada to Mexico. Talk about that one a little bit. You might have to have a chat about that. Yeah. All right. I have to get that's, the spouses next, on board for that yeah, one for sure. I need to get work on board. Can you be like, I need to take two months off to yeah. go do this? Okay. Yeah, you, you can negotiate. There's yeah. negotiating power these days. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They need nurses. If anybody on this, uh, listening to this show wants to be a nurse. Yeah. We can hurry you up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, thank you both so much for being on the show. Uh, glad that uh, the trip is in the books, that you're back safe and sound, and maybe more adventures still to come. If you want to know more about stand-up pedal action, you can check us out online at supa.bike. That's S-U-P-A dot B-I-K-E. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.